Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. Today. Why? It's a Tuesday. What what about Tuesday says be a D? I don't know, but it happened. But you're swinging for the fences today, I'll tell you what. Good Lord. All right, it's uh, Tuesday, January 30th, the day of the State of the Union Address. A little bit later tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. our time. You'll hear it here live. And then, of course, all of the post game with Conway a little bit later on. Um, one of the things that the president has been doing, um, whatever president it might be since Reagan, is acknowledging people in the gallery who are brought in to lately it's been highlight some sort of a policy win or some sort of issue that the president has taken to heart, whatever it is. This has been going on forever, though. I mean, as long as I can rem- remember State of the Union speeches and politicians. Right. Because we remember from, from Reagan on, probably. Right, and they, there's always a little anecdotal story, and sometimes they screw up, right? Sometimes people are planted. We saw this with Ken Bone, right? That guy with the red sweater was cl- clearly planted by someone in one of the debates to ask a question. And then sometimes we find out that their story's bogus or that they're like into borderline child porn, which I think was the case in Ken Bone's situation. Uh, yeah, wasn't he into some some weird stuff online? <laughs> so Ken Bone, I haven't anyway, heard, I haven't heard always, that name in a long time. It so. always kind of rubs me the wrong way and seems overly politicized when, when politicians pe- plant people. When they're used as props. Yeah, like and this. it's like, look, I care about Joe Blow. Well, there there are some people who are going to be in the gallery tonight who are legitimately worthy of recognition. Absolutely. It just seems disingenuous to me sometimes. Well, and it's definitely it, when, when it has to do with the pushing of a political issue one way or the other, right. it can be. I right. mean, there's a guy there's a guy who is going to be honored tonight who uh, had both legs blown off, a Marine who had both legs blown off and was blinded by an IED. He was the first blind double amputee to reenlist with the Marine Corps. All right. I mean, a guy like that absolutely should be acknowledged. Um, and the guy I mean, the reason that this started was. A guy named Lenny Skutnik back in 1982, I think it was. 1982 again? The last time we had the blue moon, super moon eclipse? That's how it works. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Air Florida Flight 90 dropped into the Potomac River. Remember January 13th, 1982, just a couple of weeks before the State of the Union address. Lenny Skutnik was one of uh, a group of, of just civilians, basically, who jumped into what was then the freezing swamp of the Potomac River and we're pulling people out. He was one guy 
uh, who did this. And he happened to be working, I think, for the Congressional Budget Office or something like that, former employee. So his was the first acknowledgement in a State of the Union. This is a man that we should, you know, this is an American who we should applaud for his heroism. It has gone to different, uh, you know, it's it's morphed from simply applauding heroes, which there will be some, to this is a person who either exemplifies my political passion of tax cuts or immigration reform or whatever to, the, you know, you're using them as a prop to get your message across. And even if that is the case, and it is in many cases that they are used as props, I still like hearing the stories. You know, I like the story of 12-year-old Preston Sharp, who will be one of the Californians honored. 12-year-old Preston Sharp is pretty damn cool. Been placing flowers and American flags on the graves of veterans for a couple of years. Part of the Flags and Flowers Challenge. Inspiration came from visiting Grandpa's grave in Reading. On Veterans Day that year, his grandfather served in the Navy. He had decorations, but little Preston there noticed that many veterans, their graves had nothing. So he enlisted mom to help him decorate every grave. Thousands of graves have been marked with flags and flowers because of this kid. He said, I knew I wanted to do something because if it wasn't for them fighting for us, then we wouldn't be here. Yeah, I love that. You're right. I think that these stories are are stories that would normally go uh, unsung and that the president, whoever the president might be, would acknowledge these acts, uh, I I think is very important. Um, David Dahlberg is another guy. Um, David Dahlberg works for Santa Barbara County Fire. And during the Whittier Fire last year, he was able to save 62 kids and counselors at the Circle V Ranch camp. Um, Sheriff's deputies had made several attempts to get across a road past this fire as it was burning up near Santa Maria, but they couldn't get through. This guy, David Dahlberg, with tree branches and fire, uh, tree branches falling on the road and fire all around, he drives his truck through, rocks rolling off the side of the cliff, the branches falling onto the truck. The instructions were to keep everyone safe and wait until the sheriff's deputies and a search and rescue team arrive. And authorities wait for the fire to settle down before the vehicles get there. A bulldozer is able to plow a path into the camp with six sheriff's deputies and a search and rescue vehicle behind it. And all of the kids were placed in the vehicles as well as the personal cars of the counselors. And David Dahlberg is a guy who will be representing the state of California and the very brave men and women who make up our firefighting teams and first responder teams. And he'll be there to be honored as a as a member of one of those great teams where so often these men and women go above and beyond what they're expected to do. Or even in this case, he may have been expected to save them, but he wasn't expected to put himself in harm's way, as dangerous as the conditions were, to go out and save these people. But he did. So those are great. And I, I think, like, along with the uh, the members of the military who are going to be honored, this is a great opportunity for the president to show a human side. Has he met each one of these people? I would hope so. I hope so, too. Probably maybe before. I don't know. That's a good question. 
Well, there's a number of Californians who are not fans of the president that will be in attendance. Uh, Gavin Newsom, we told you earlier in the program, is going. Trying to get some uh, some recognition there because it's popular in California to hate on this president. The more hate, the better. And when you're running for governor, you want a first you want a uh, first row seat to that hate. Right. Uh, Kamala Harris will be there. She has a uh, and and each member of Congress, Senate and House, also has tickets that they can give away. I don't know if it's one, how many it is, but a lot of them are bringing their own. Oh, yeah. Plot, People uh, props, props, yeah, uh, to, to to try to represent their policies. Who would that your they are fighting people for? prop be to bring in here? In here, yeah, just to say like, oh, I'm bringing such and such to the show today to raise awareness for such and such. You can think about it. I would have to. I don't. I could come up with like a half a dozen right away, but it depends on which cause I'm trying to. Uh, Am I doing a cause or am I just, hey, this is a really cool person and I like their story? It's a lot of questions. Damn. You got to go. You got It's a lot of work goes into figuring out who your people prop is going to be. If anybody wants to be my people prop, I, you know what I know would bring in? Gary and Shannon. I would bring in an a, a inbred mountain lion with, like with the eyes. hopes of you falling in love with the lion so we can get to work on building the bridge over the 101. His eyes are crossed and his tongue's hanging yeah, out the side of his mouth. because he couldn't get any uh, any lady lions outside the family. Lady lions. Well, uh, the ongoing attempt to clear out the Santa Ana Riverbed has led to a lawsuit because America. We'll talk about that when <laughs> well we come said. back. Gary and Shannon will continue. chance to win a thousand dollars your shot at $1,000 now text the keyword luck to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and messaging rates apply that's luck to 200 200 and answer the phone if you win they'll give you a call probably from a number that you don't recognize Make sure they answer that phone because if you don't and you're the winner, well, then you're not the winner anymore. They'll move on to somebody else. Uh, a, a, a quick update from uh, TMZ. If you remember Mark Saling, the guy who was Puck from the from the TV show Glee, he had been convicted of child pornography, pleaded guilty, I should say, to child porn possession back in December, and that he was due to be sentenced, I think, in March, probably between four and seven years, committed suicide. They found him today hanging in a park uh, overlooking a Little League field. Ew. It's very sad. We'll do more of that at the top of the hour. I guess now's not the time to talk about Twitter Tuesday. Why not? Well. He had nothing to do with it. He wasn't following us on Twitter or anything. That's true. It's Twitter Tuesday. It is? Yeah. What happens on Twitter Tuesday? Excellent question. You follow us at yeah. Gary and Shannon on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. We follow you back. How cool is that? We that retweet cool. your crap all day. Okay. I'm going to leave that up to you. You have better judgment than I do about mm-hmm. what to retweet. <laughs> no? Uh, a week ago, Orange County Sheriff's deputies, along with several different uh, community organizations, started going through the Santa Ana Riverbed and very lightly encouraging people to take a step in the right direction. In fact, the deputies that have been going through have been saying, 
we're encouraging you to leave. We're not going to arrest you or cite you today, but that unfortunately could be coming. This is the second week, the beginning of the second week, of trying to clear out the homeless encampments along this three-mile stretch of the Santa Ana River Trail. But yesterday, the Elder Law and Disability Rights Center in Santa Ana went to court. They asked a federal court to issue a temporary restraining order and allow these hundreds of people to stay in the riverbed until the county comes up with some sort of satisfactory alternative to them living in squalor and in potential uh, harm's way, depending on the rains. According to county officials and a, uh, a newsletter that went out from the Orange County Board of Supervisors chairman, more than 80 tons of debris have been scooped up. This is to, to document the progress the county has made, all right? More, more than 80 tons of debris. That's, I, I don't know how you generate that much garbage. Anyway, uh, 500 needles collected. That's nice. And then here's the stat that pops out for me. Upwards of 18 individuals transitioned to the courtyard shelter in downtown Santa Ana. That's all you got? You just moved 18 people? That's it? Well, this the- has been a problem. This is not new. I think part of this is when you apply, I think the theory is that when you apply even a little bit of pressure, which last week consisted of sheriff's deputies just basically knocking on doors of tents, knocking on tent flaps, I guess, and saying, hey, uh, just so you know, this isn't going to be here in a couple of weeks. You need to find a place to go. Here are a few different options, depending on which city you want to go to, or you call family, friends, and you couch surf for a while, but you cannot be here. And I think that just by applying a little bit of pressure, it has forced a lot of these people to find places where they can go, find them on their own. In those cases where there's 18 of them who have been transitioned to the courtyard shelter in downtown, it's that they didn't have any other place to go, and they were willing to put up with the rules that a shelter might impose, which would be, I don't know, a curfew... No guests, no pets. Maybe they're women. No drugs. Yeah. Stuff like that. Because a lot of these people simply don't want to give in to those rules and are unwilling to give up their, finger quotes here, their freedom of being homeless and abide by the rules. That so. that um, 80 tons of, of uh, waste or, or debris, Yeah, it's not all garbage. A lot of it weighs a lot. It's, it's furniture that's stacked on top of each other. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's some heavy pieces, too. I was out there last week. It's it's pretty bad out there. Now, the it, the interesting thing is a lot of these people know that they have to go. They are, they've basically given up the idea of, of a fight. I don't know how many of them are even aware of the federal lawsuit that has been filed. But they simply say, for example, 26-year-old Aubrey Combo told the Orange County Register she's going to try to leave the encampment but has no idea where she's going to go. Others have said that they're just going to head back to the cities where they had been before. So, uh, and a lot of them are just giving up the possessions that they do have. There's a sign that says everything over there can go with a little sign with an arrow pointed to a pile of trash that uh, then the crews come through and dispose of. Stockton, it sits on the edge of a hell of a lot of wealth up there, neighboring Silicon Valley, San Francisco, But yet Stockton went bankrupt a handful of years ago, and many people close to the Stockton situation says that 
it seems like Stockton is a great example of a lot of issues we're facing as a country. Well, they've got a plan up there in Stockton to maybe improve life for people that are facing rising housing prices, wages going nowhere, loss of middle-class jobs, all of this. And they're handed out money, basically. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Doing Morgan Freeman, but you're right. That was was clearly Morgan Freeman. Sometimes you, uh, you, get, you, know, you get into Morgan Freeman's accent um, on stories that I don't want Morgan Freeman to be associated with. Like the uh, Scott Bayo story. Scott Bayo story. The Rose McGowan recounting of the bubble bath story. The hot tub. It was whatever. Turned into a. Never mind. We told you last year about Stockton's idea to pay people not to commit crimes. Remember that? It was a pretty controversial program. It was going to give money to people who stayed out of trouble. Uh, good job. You didn't commit a crime this year. Here's some cash for you. Well, Stockton Mayor Michael Tubbs is back with a new plan. Michael and Tubbs, all of 27 years old, 27 by the way. years old, who ran on, I think, giving people free money. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's like it's kind of like one of those things that you would hear at the um, high school auditorium when you're running for president or vice president, and you're like, free vending machines. And everyone's like, yes. Uh, well, that's what Michael Tubbs ran on, and it worked. And this is called a plan. Uh, uh, what is it called? Universal Basic Universal income. Basic UBI. Income. UBI. For one year, several dozen families in Stockton will get $500 a month, no strings attached. Interesting. There is the Economic Security Project, which has contributed more than $1 million to this initiative. Silicon Valley bigwigs who are concerned about income inequality and the future of society in general are also very interested in throwing their money behind programs like this one. Now, I part of it, what we have to talk about is what Stockton did in the first place to get into the position that they're in. Remember, it was six years ago that they declared bankruptcy. They threw money at stuff, knowing that Silicon Valley was right next door and the Bay Area was making a lot of money and California itself was uh, had plenty of money coming in 15, 20 years ago. They overspent on a bunch of stuff. And to use the mayor's own words, he says, we overspent on things like arenas and marinas and things of that sort to try and lure in tourism and dollars that way. The problem is they did nothing to the neighborhoods that surrounded those things. So they may have gotten a new conference center and a new arena and a new marina, but they didn't do anything to those neighborhoods around there to make them, uh, I guess, attractive to organizations, businesses, tourists. I don't know anybody who goes and plans a vacation to Stockton. But the assumption was that because those things were there, they draw in tourism dollars. All of that money in the local economy would then sort of trickle down into these different neighborhoods and revitalize that community. It didn't work. It didn't happen. So now universal basic income may be the answer, according to Mayor Tubbs. He says the goal is to gather information on the economic and social impacts of giving people a basic income. They're going to track what people do with the money. 
and they're going to monitor how having a basic income affects things like socialist, uh, excuse me, self-esteem and identity. And one of the co-chairs of the Economic Security Project, remember, that's throwing a million dollars into this. One of the co-chairs says, what does it mean to say here is unconditional guaranteed income just based on you being a human being? Now, that's a beautiful thing to think about, isn't it? That just as a human being, you deserve a basic income. It's lovely. It's not real world. It's lovely, but it's not. Well, and it's also it ignores it ignores what it is that we are built to do. We being humans, we're, we're built to do stuff. In a, on a micro level, I mean, I get bored on a Saturday when I sit in front of the TV and do nothing all day. And it's not just me, like I, I like to be busy or anything like that. I think it's common. We talked before about idle hands or the devil's play thing. Like kids, teenagers, they need things to do or else they get themselves in trouble. And people need things to do. There have been many studies done with giving somebody $1,000 or having them work for that $1,000. And they're happier when they work for it. Now, and it's funny that he says that there would be no strings attached, but like you said, they would keep track of where this money goes. They would keep track of how these different families spend this money. And again, it's unconditional. You don't have to spend it on clothes or food or higher learning or anything. You could save it. You, you could, could save spend it on, uh, on pot. I suppose. Mm-hmm. The, the, here's a theory. I mean, this universal basic income is not a new thing. Nixon tried it for a while in different communities um, we know that uh, he that Mayor Tubbs first learned about basic income, he said in college in reading about Dr. Martin Luther King, who was also a proponent of a universal basic income, believing that that racial and economic inequality were intertwined. There have been programs in Finland and Canada that have started these universal basic income programs to see how they work. But it's a it's a it's like a philosophical difference that. I think a lot of people can come down on one side or the other. The way the mayor puts this, Mayor Tubbs is, he, he thinks it's his responsibility to do he what he could to figure out what's the best way to make sure, this is an important part right here, what's the best way to make sure that folks in our community have a real economic floor. That's what he said. He wants to make sure that nobody gets below... At least $500 a month. That's that's in his mind. That's the way it works. The other end of that philosophy, the almost 180-degree version of that is there is no limit to how much money you can make in the United States of America. There's no limit. And you can't have one and the other, basically, because... As you've seen, if you're going to make sure that no one falls below, you know, below a certain line, whatever it is, then you've got to take from the people who make that money. Here's the thing. Giving people $500 a month unconditionally for a year does not give them livelihood that's sustainable. What they needed to do and where where they were trying to make inroads was bringing the marinas and arenas and all those things into this community, trying to give people good jobs, middle class jobs, not Silicon Valley jobs, but people who have been in Stockton for a long time, trying to work and live and raise a family in Stockton can do so. Giving them $500 a month for a year doesn't sustain them long term. No, and it doesn't it doesn't change the. 
uh, he's talking about having it change their attitudes about themselves, change their attitude, yeah. change their self-esteem. Yeah. And I, 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 we're, that's relying way too much on the power of an American dollar bill to, to instill self-esteem in someone. And you're right. I mean, I think we are built in, in us is the want and need to do something and to feel valued and feel like you've contributed to society or somebody or anything or to a product. And if that's not there, you're not going to get that self-esteem that comes with that and, and a paycheck. And what if he puts a, what if he puts a time limit on this? And he says 24 months of payments, $500 per family, whatever, you well, know, said for these dozens year. of families. Okay, so one yeah. year. He does it for one year. Any fire that that person, the head of that household or members of that family had to go out and find a job, to pressure themselves, to come up with a new service that they could provide their neighbors for a small fee, whatever it is. That's gone. That pressure is gone. Well, to play devil's advocate, one could look at it as security. I know I'm going to get $500 a month for the entire year. So that makes me feel good about myself. I know how I know I'll be able to feed my family at least, right? So maybe I go out and I try something because you have the safety net I of have $500 a, safety a month. Net. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying maybe that's the case for some people. Uh, but they've got to figure out a longer term situation for Stockton. One year a, a, a handful of families. Well, this is the thing is in the in the Context of a 27-year-old mayor in the city of Stockton, he doesn't remember the town's heyday. I mean, I don't know anybody alive in Stockton who does remember the heyday of Stockton, but it was a port city. Think about that. It's a port city in the central part of the state, incredibly important to the agricultural economy of California. Damn hot in the summer. And hot. It smells funny in the summer, too. I think everybody can point that out. But it's it's one of those places where it's going to expand and contract economically mm-hmm. based on the the world around it. Yes. And, and maybe this is just one of those contractions where Stockton's brighter days were behind it now. And it's just it's ch- it's going to change economically. I hope that this program works and that they find that these people that they're giving the money to do have greater self-esteem and greater opportunities and that it kind of parlays into something bigger and something sustainable. And then that's but, something that they can repeat in other cities. But and, to go back to what you said at the beginning, you can't legislate on hope and feelings and give out 500 bucks hoping that people feel better about themselves. It's, it just – I don't know if it's going to work. but We'll see. I agree with you. I would – I would be positively surprised if it did, and I would be optimistic that uh, that it could be repeated in other places. I just don't hold out hope. I'm not going to hold my breath. How's that? Well, we had record high temperatures yesterday, a couple degrees cooler today, but that's not really cool, is it? And newsflash, we're still in January. We've got little to no rain to show for the raining season so far. So drought is back. Drought Watch when we continue. Gary and Shannon will be back. Gary and Shannon, we are about halfway through the rainy season, can't you tell? 
We've got uh, February and March. Are we talking about drought stuff? Yeah. Oh. Water. You want water? You better go dunk your head in the horse trough. <laughs> water is for cowards. Water makes you weak. Water. Without it, there's nothing but dust and decay. But with water, there's life. I like that. Where'd you find that? It was back when we used to talk about droughts all the time. Where I used to play that. Old days. Old stuff. Well, we should have a a new drought uh, fun thing every year. This is a mega drought. Like Jerry Brown? He seems fun. No? No. This is a mega drought. All right. We are in the midst of a heat wave where we saw record highs yesterday. Long Beach, 91. UCLA, 89. Newport Beach, 85. At 93 degrees, Lake Forest was the hottest spot in the United States yesterday. (laughs) It's not funny. No, this hot, dry, windy weather uh, was a real issue for us in December with all those fires. But since the end of last February, remember, we remember the day. Uh, the last time it really rained, uh, Los Angeles has seen just about 2.26 inches of rain. That's a problem. That's over 11 months. Yeah, it's yes, that is true. But remember, last year we had a record-breaking rainy season, and we saw some significant, um, outside of the dam breaking in Oroville, we saw some significant reservoirs filling up to well above their capacity, which was great. Yeah, but this year the snowpack is crap. True. Still I, almost, what? I almost just said that the snowpack is S. <laughs> the Sierra Nevada snowpack, they say, is 70% below average. But at a place like Folsom, for example, one of the big reservoirs in the state, it's 116% of capacity right now. Or I should say 116% of its historical average. So it's well above where it usually is even during normal rainy seasons right now. Um, and again, the only exception that we have in terms of our reservoir system that's not at that point is at Oroville because of the spillway that went south. <laughs> I'm not ready to start crying about the drought yet. Yeah, this is a big headline no. in the L.A. Times because they like to cry about everything and uh, and feign over themselves as soon as possible. But, you know, we could have a couple rainy weeks coming up right that just dump it just proves what we said last year which was that the state needs to invest in water storage in yeah. some way in some significant way well and jerry brown happened. has a plan to do no that. he doesn't he yes, has a plan he, to put a tunnel in tunnels water right. tunnels one tunnel not two one tunnel <clears throat> i for one highly enjoy the, the heat and uh yesterday was fine i got to sit there work on my front door without my Without the heater coming on. What's wrong with your front door? I had to change the, the locks. You're doing a lot of home improvement stuff. Did the deck get finished? Yes, the deck got finished. Whoa. Well, if you'd ever visit, you'd, you'd know. I would have shown it to you, but no, I'm busy. Sorry, I can't. Husband and I are out of town. Coming up next. We're busy. We're watching a show. Everything everyone's talking about. We've got you covered here on Gary and Shannon.